Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton the Third, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series Echo, episodes four and five, closing it out. Happy to be here, excited to be here, and I'm excited for everybody to check out patreon.com slash Pod. You can get our bonus content, $3 to get into the Discord, $8 to be a Avengers level member, and have an opportunity to appear on a subscriber mailbag with us. Appreciate everybody for supporting. In the meantime, I want to introduce the super producer, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be talking to you on this lovely MLK Monday, uh, watching the uh, Bills and the Steelers come down to the wire. Uh, it's a wonderful time to talk. Oh, wonderful stuff. And we have a new guest. We have a first timer on this show. His name is Kevin Chukulate. I hope I got that right. I hope I yeah, got that right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. He's done some pop culture writing for a tribe called Geek. And, and um, apparently he does a lot of comic writing in general. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm also, uh, you mentioned football a minute ago too. I'm a Green Bay fan, so I've been just ecstatic. Oh, shout last. out to you. Yeah, what, a, what a performance. Day. It's been a great hey, day. As, you know, as someone who is not a Cowboys fan, anytime a team can give the SmackDown to the Cowboys, I'm happy. Yes, I had a double. I had a double. It's just like things intersecting at the same time. Hating the Cowboys and loving the Packers. It was just checking all the pods today, even things I don't listen to, just to hear the first 15 minutes or so of everything, you know? <laughs> nice victory lap. <laughs> just just incredible that the uh, the quarterback that you had last uh, was traded to the team that we root for. Oh. <laughs> and um, obviously, you know how that went this season. But yeah. nonetheless... <laughs> Shout out to Green Bay. We'll see what they do against San Francisco next week. But we are here to discuss Echo as we close Mm -hmm. it out. But Kevin, as per usual, when somebody hasn't been on the show, we check in with them on what what they thought of the initial offering. So the first three episodes, what were your vibes like? How did you feel? How did you take it in? Um, You know, considering that you had reached out to us and said you wanted to you would like to come on in regards because this is something very close to you. How did you mm-hmm. feel about the first three episodes? Yeah, it, it's one of those things that you have a lot of a mixture of because you have like your critical lens, you have your cultural lens, you have your, uh, like you said, I'm, I'm a really nerd when it comes to comics. So I have that part of the lens. They all kind of intersect. So there was the part of it where I wrote, even when I wrote a review of the whole show and I have a footnote that's about as long as the whole article about, including a whole recap in the first episode. And I know you guys talked about that a little bit too, even in the last pod, but um, just kind of how they did that recap that I wasn't a big fan of because I felt even the rest of the episode was pretty great. <laughs> like there was like some really cool elements to it. Um, and so the first couple episodes, the first two, I, I, I absolutely could see how people could be like, oh, this is kind of a little, you see parts of it that feel good, parts of it that are there, but it's not quite, gelling it's almost like having like good ingredients that didn't quite mix as as great as you'd want them to almost um even starting then with episode three it started to really pick up even for me just as like generally watching but in another sense there was obviously just being someone who's native um cherokee nation and so that's my tribe and and seeing people on screen like this especially as someone who loves comics and just like is super into it and everything is just an awesome thing and i know I'm also someone who often says, you know, representation, it's like the bare minimum, but it's still a minimum and it's still important. You know, it still is there for a reason. It's still needed for a reason. And and I just, it's exciting when you, when we have a community that's so tight and in a lot of ways, kind of smaller that all of us are on Twitter and we're all seeing people we know, we're seeing random people like, oh, 
I saw someone in the flashback episode and I was like, wait, they cast her also in one of the current episodes. I was like, but I don't think people would notice because she just kind of is in the background. And, you know, it's a girl I knew and my, my sister's friend was in it. And I was texting her, look at this person in the episode and people knew people. So it was like a really cool celebration for a lot of people who are watching it. My, my mom, who does not at all care about comics. Like if I said comics, she would just roll her eyes and be like, I don't want to watch cartoons. Um, and I was like, it's not a cartoon. And, and even her, when I told her everything else with it, she watched it with us and was like, oh, that was really good. She enjoyed it, you know, and seeing about half the cast of Reservation Dogs in there was pretty nice, too. You know, there's a lot of people. And so it, I, I had I it was on an uphill for me. So like it started off solid. I could see the, the, the potential for it and everything. And it like increasingly got better for those first couple of episodes with a couple of critiques and stuff. Almost everyone's mentioned the pacing, you know, uh, areas like that. I had some things where I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't even feel like they meant to do it this way, but that it was crammed in, in a certain way in which they were, it looks like they wanted to tell more of maybe their ancestors or then maybe they didn't. And then they had to mush it together real quick. So some of that parts of it was a little choppy and not as enjoyable, but I, I enjoyed it overall in that first part of it. Interesting. And, yeah, I mean, coming into, as we get to the end here, I wanted to kind of throw it to Jake for a second because I have thoughts on it, but after we talked last week about the first three and coming into and having seen the last two, what what would you say, Jake, is your general takeaway from the last two? Yeah, I think that on the whole, I was pretty satisfied with where we got to with the last two episodes from where we left off in three. Um, I think because of the pace of the first three, I kind of readjusted my expectations for how much I was expecting to get accomplished in the series, if that makes sense. Like, I, I realized pretty quickly with the pacing of the first three that the victory of the show was going to be Maya's self-actualization and, you know, more metaphorically defeating Kingpin than actually defeating him. I mean, obviously, I know he's looking to be a big part going forward. He's going to be the quote-unquote street-level Thanos, so, like, it's... I obviously didn't expect him to get defeated-defeated, but um, from the perspective of this show being Maya Lopez's journey to understanding that, you know, she... Her past doesn't define her, but her past collectively is a part of her, if that makes sense. I, that's a very ineloquent way of putting it, but, like, the fact that she was a criminal doesn't mean that she's a horrible human being, but also... The pl where she comes from, who she comes from, is as essential as there's anything else. The fact that those two lessons were learned means that, like, I was satisfied, ultimately, um, from a character standpoint. From a plot standpoint, I feel like there was a little bit left to be desired, which th the last episode is really where I felt the this was originally six episodes and is now five a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it ended with Maya Lopez looking like an exciting hero going forward, so, like, what else can I want, you know? I think, well, I mean, the best way for me to describe it, and after me, I'll throw it to you, Kevin, but I think, I don't think frustrated is the word I'll use. I'll, I'll just use the same thing that I said last week about kind of a little disappointed in the sense mm -hmm. that the last episode, not to say that anything was bad by any means, but all of it just felt like... Just they throwing stuff at you in like 30, I think it was like 34, 35 minutes or whatever it was. And it just happens like so quick. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get a grasp and a real feel for everybody and everything. And I think part of it is just you want to see these 
the this characters in this uh mm-hmm. this world a little bit more the family stuff i mm-hmm. thought actually was pretty good in episode four um the fisk stuff as well good in episode four and then five is kind of just like this really like roller coaster super fast um you know off the highway ramp just trying to get to a close and i think you know for me at this point when it comes to mcu shows especially with uh some of the stuff that we've gotten recently it's been a, it's been more difficult to mm-hmm. to digest it for for me as you start to notice stuff like this um i can't say it enough i'll repeat it again like last week um as far as the the way that they went about uh how this went i don't know what happened in terms of production and stuff like that but there was definitely a dropping of the ball in terms of how this was presented especially mm-hmm. at the end so I wish it, it could have been done a little bit better. Um, I I love Maya. I love Maya as a character. I really enjoy the her family. I think that I would have loved to see like a more deep dive into them as well. That would have been a lot more fun. And um, yeah, it's it's hard to like go into it too in like real in depth because it's like you're you're only here for so long. It just I feel like it ended so abruptly, but. Uh, Kevin, give me your give me your thoughts on on how you felt about these uh these final two episodes. Yeah, I I think probably episode four to me might have been just like the overall just like really satisfying good video like good episode mm-hmm. like yeah. like I'm someone who the Marvel Night stuff like almost all of Daredevil, most of Punisher, part like first season of Jessica Jones, Luke Cage until they killed Cottonmouth off. That's some of my favorite <laughs> MCU stuff. Like that's some of, like out of everything like. Marvel stuff that's come out. Daredevil is probably my favorite. So I was excited. And that episode kind of felt like it fit a bit more even into a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I do agree. Like the last episode, I really loved how they did certain things and kind of the setting for it. But it did feel like it was rushed, which is very frustrating. And, and like I share that sentiment. There's parts of this that was frustrating. Like it shouldn't feel like it should have had an extra episode when the first episode was a recap. You know, like it shouldn't have that. Like, like you could have had that. And, and I feel like there's a lot of ways in which they weren't, it just feels like they didn't entrust the full story to be told in the way that maybe people wanted it to be told. I mean, you have things like the way it came out, you have the way it just dropped, like, oh, hey, it's five episodes real quick. Um, The way that they, they didn't say, hey, we're doing Marvel Spotlight and here's the first one. They had Echo that was going to come out. And then later on, they were like, oh, hey, we're also going to have this thing that's separate. So if you don't like it, don't worry, because it's not really da 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 I know they phrase it a little bit different, but a lot of those things, it's almost kind of saying, hey, look, we don't know how it's going to be fully. And of course, with the recent uh, things that Marvel has come out with recently, I understand sometimes the way you want to show that. But I feel like if they would have just let it show how they wanted to originally it could have ended in a, in a lot better fashion. Like I said, I feel like even the flashbacks, I feel like there's probably another whole story in a lot of that because I thought it was really cool the way, the way they would call back. But there's times where I was like, I kind of almost forgot which particular thing that character was doing. And I feel like there could have yeah. been a little bit more. So then I was really, I don't know, it just hit a little bit better. Um, but I, I thought it was good and I enjoyed it. But that last part, like like you said, I feel like it was kind of like, it was rushed. Like it just felt like it was real quick. Like I'm like they needed to find a way to end it because it's almost like they didn't know how to end it. 
Necessary. You know what it felt like to me? You ever been in like a group of people and you're telling a long story and you get the feeling, mostly probably just because you're anxious, that people aren't enjoying it, so like you rush through the end of it? That's what it felt like. It felt like they were like, people don't like this, so we need to get out of it. And whether or not that's true, I don't think it's true. But as I said last week, if you if the people presenting a story feel like they're not that confident in it, the audience can smell that a thousand miles away. Yep. Like in the what I felt, which was really disappointing, is it felt like, given that I'm sure they shot way more because they're supposed to have six episodes, it felt like at some point someone in a suit at Marvel said that the flashback stuff with her powers was too confusing or something and wasn't confident in it and they cut it down to the bare bones. Because that's the stuff I'm most interested in. It's like, okay, we know Echo's a good fighter. We know she has this story. But what is like this power that she has that's, you know, been seeded throughout? But if until like the very end is where it really becomes like a superpower, the fact that that is a like 10 minutes at most feels like, are you not confident that audiences will enjoy that? And it, that it's just really disappointing because like I said, they seeded it really well in my opinion. And this is a character that has a lot of potential, I think, to be a character that's around for a while. So like, I want to know how, you know, I don't need like, sheet with numbers with her power set or whatever but i want to know how this works what she can do you know yeah. how does she feel about it? like the biggest thing is how does she feel about the fact that she has powers because of her ancestors yeah. how does bonnie feel about the fact that she's beating people up how does it you know what i mean like all these different things like the fact that we just got out of that that kingpin got like rushed away by an aide it's like i suppose that is the end of the literal story of kingpin in oklahoma but it's shortchanging the audience to think that that's all we were interested in yeah yeah, and, you know, more so than anything else, like, I always feel like if you're going to tell this particular story about uh, a culture like this, you should really tell it. You should really go into it. You should really deep dive into it and really embrace it. And it almost feels like, here, here, just here. That's, like, just giving it as opposed to, you know, just really, like, showing people the the whole nine yards. And it's... And that's why, like, it's such, you know, in stark contrast to Miss Marvel, where they really, it really feels like they, uh, as much as you can for a Disney property, really went in and tried to show you the the culture of Miss Miss Marvel and Mm -hmm. and Kamala Khan and her family and everything that goes along with that. I mean, I mean, doing the damn partition is that's a lot. I mean, to me, that's like a lot for for a property of Disney. So that's where. I would love to know what happened exactly. The yeah. the exact moment that somebody thought that, hey, let's cut this out, let's cut this out. And um kinda yeah, like that's where you know, I, I kinda walk away with a little bit of an empty feeling to a degree because it's like I like this character a lot. i, I and especially, you know, translating from Hawkeye into here, it's you like you wanna know this person more, you wanna know this family more. And it just feels like they, yeah, they didn't believe they didn't believe in it, and I realized that, you know, a lot of there are people who will watch this and kind of miss that part of it to a degree. And I know Jake said that, hey, you know, fans will notice uh, stuff along those lines, but there are also people who be like, oh, I thought this was pretty good, and I thought that they, you know, they they did a decent job, and and um, it looks like they believed in this show because of. Because of the fact that they decide to okay, we're gonna show this bit of culture, but I'm uh, when I when I tell you surface level, there's a different there is there's a difference you can tell, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I use Miss Marvel as the example that there's a difference between these two shows and the way that 
it felt like yeah. uh, Marvel believed in uh, something like Miss Marvel way more than something like this. And mm-hmm. and it's and and unfortunately, like what it affects more than anything else is the people who worked on this show. Yeah. Who yeah. I think considering what you know what what I'm sure they probably dealt with, um I think they did a pretty damn good job considering whatever the circumstances were. So I want to give them yeah. a lot of credit and give the actors a lot of credit too because all those people, Maya's family, uh Biscuits, grandmother, Bonnie, her uncle, yeah. like everybody involved. Um I really just enjoyed because it's just there was just a, a very genuine nature to all of them. Mm-hmm. And you could see that in such a limited time. But I just like really, I really like those folks. So I hope I see them again in some type of mm-hmm. capacity because I really think it's a, it, it's a place I want to revisit. And that's where more so than anything else, that's where my disappointment and frustration comes from. Uh, Kevin, we're, like in terms of, in terms of the Fisk stuff, I know you like, I know you like you say you like the Daredevil stuff, you like the Netflix stuff. How did you feel like Wilson Fisk was handled in this series? Um I think it was mostly pretty good. Uh yeah, I mean, I feel like he kind of for a lot of people there was that concern even though he's comic comically he'll dress like that in Hawkeye when people first saw him with like mm-hmm. the different suit, you're like, uh, "I don't know, he's kind of like how is this going to be? Is he kind of like how he was before? You know, how is that going?" Um, I, I think it, I think it was handled well. Like I think just the whole fear-inducing element. Like I mean, the fact that they're the whole scene, the skating rink, and then they, you know that those people want to kill Maya and them. She just killed a couple other people. All this stuff's going on, and they just get a call and literally just like head out. You know, and and the way that they show him his kind of narcissistic version of love, like the sense of like I love yeah. you, but not enough. I hated that everyone caught on. I thought I was being a good observer by going, he's not actually learning sign language, you know, and people who care really do. But then she even said it too. And I was like, oh man, I thought that was a good, you know, the man developed AI technology instead of just learning sign language. (laughs) And the thing is like that actually, I believe that I believe that Wilson Fix would do that. (laughs) Oh yeah, for (laughs) sure. Absolutely. I mean, I can, uh, yeah. And so I I just thought that some of that was really good. Like some of what I wrote even, in a review about it was just kind of the idea that she like the difference between viewing family insofar as someone's useful to you, I think was really displayed by Kingpin in this, like, you know, your family, as far as uh, in as so far as you can help me do something, you know, he's not like, Oh, I'm just evil and I'm taking over the world. He's kind of scarier. He's actually motivated by something he kind of thinks is right, which is usually what, produces the worst things anywhere you know um and so i i think that it was pretty solid um i'm not i'm still not sure what to make of at the very end i'm not sure obviously what happened is going to have future ramifications so i I don't know if there's this kind of route they're going to go where they say hey even though he's healed he was always going to be this way you know or it wasn't just his childhood trauma this dude's just that way because i mean obviously he's not going to be healed and next right. we're going to see him in Spider-Man being pals with him, you know? So I, I thought it was solid. Um, I really, I mean, I enjoyed seeing it that way. I enjoyed seeing kind of him. I mean, he was one of my favorite characters on that. Like, I know he's a bad guy, but like when he did the parable of the good Samaritan at the end of that Daredevil season one, that's like, oh man, that's one of my favorite scenes, but I thought it did pretty good. Yeah. I, I thought the thing that I really liked about what, the, 
I was afraid that they would put too fine a point about like the love thing. Cause I think what makes him compelling in relation to Maya is that I, I think a lot of people with poor media literacy will read stories about like people who apparently love someone else and then betray them and say they never really love them. And it's like, I think that, that actually completely misunderstands human nature. I think that people who betray the people they love do can do that because they either don't have a full conception of love or they're able to compartmentalize. And that is what's, like the scary, the thing that's scarier to me is not that someone who says they love me is lying the whole time, but they do actually love me. But that doesn't stop them from doing horrible things to me. Like that is yeah. way scarier to me. And I think that as far as Wilson Fisk is able to understand the concept of love, and he's not really mm-hmm. able to, as far as he is, he thinks what he feels for Maya is love because they have a very mutually beneficial relationship. He clearly cares about her safety, but what he doesn't realize is, definitionally, actual true love means that one's own situation in life, one's own money, one's own power, etc., has to come behind someone's. And so the fact that he's unwilling to give up anything for her means that it's completely surface level love. And obviously that has to do with the fact that, you know, his dad, Herc from the wire, you know, was hit with a kill to the hammer. Like that obviously all comes back to it. But and so I think that the way that, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio or as uh, Dalbin would say, D'Onofrio, I think is just, he's an incredible actor because he's, I think in a lot of times when you watch a lot of TV, especially mainstream stuff, stuff that's not transgressive, you can kind of tell what the energy of every character is, what they're going to do. Like, you you know, if you kind of be like, this character is going to feel this way. Every scene with Kingpin in it, through Daredevil, through, uh, you know, Hawkeye, through this, you re- I genuinely never know how menacing he's going to be, if he's going to be loving. He's gonna, Like, the whole scene with them in, you know, her grandma's house, you know, drinking the Shostakola, which, wow, really... <laughs> Only go to the dollar store, I guess. Um, but drinking the shots of cola, I at any moment you could have told me he was going to give her a hug or try to kill her every single moment. And I think that that is like that's why he's a compelling character. Um, but if he's going to keep beating people up with his fists, he really needs to wear another color. Like with the, his dry cleaner probably fucking hates him. It's like blood yeah. white again. Like what the hell? Yes, that was uh, actually the I the, that little uh, pretend dinner scene was, was some good tension. Uh, for in that episode and yeah Fisk I think the thing that you mentioned uh, Kevin about the about the whole idea of Kingpin being healed at the end is an interesting is an interesting uh, plot point because you know as as we see in the post credit scene he is he is going to uh, run for mayor and presumably he's going to win and what does that mean for his character how does he view everything is 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 his healing the reason that he decides I'm going to run for mayor and eventually um, for what can be assumed to kind of use his power as mayor to get rid of all of uh, heroes and vigilantes and things along those lines. I don't know. That should be interesting to see, but um, I thought Vincent was awesome as, as per always when he's been around in these shows and I'm glad that we're going to continue to get him. And um, I thought the interplay between him and him and Maya was great. Like throughout the entire, the the entire time, you love to see uh, your mains go back and forth and have yeah. like legitimate uh, tension and things along those lines. And that's the type of stuff that that you want to see uh, overall. Yeah, but, the, I was gonna say yeah. real quick. It made yeah, me sure. think they were, you know, they've been calling or saying how Kingpin's gonna be in a sense the street level Thanos who also had a daughter who was an assassin who he had a complicated relationship with. Now I know she's not her daughter, but kind of that relation and that kind of 
when she says that, like, like Jake, you said about the love thing, it's like you do, but not in a way that's like, it's yeah, it's easy to say you didn't. It's like, no, they did care, but their care sometimes can be like true love that wouldn't like override someone else's will to like then insist on what you want in a sense. And like how he wanted to do the thing with the stone and tosses her off. And then yeah. how Kingpin works with Maya here. Yeah. If, if Kingpin threw Maya off that cliff, he would get the soul stone. Like he really does love her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, w- I wanted to go around with each of you and let's go over like some of our most positive moments of the series. Cause it, again, it just feels like it, it came and went so quickly. So want to just dive in and see some some of the things that we like. Jake, I'll start with you. What were some of your favorite uh, scenes, moments, anything that stood So out? I really love the scene with her and her grandma in episode four. Or is it episode five? I think it was episode four. I watched the back to back. Episode four. Because yeah. the thing I liked about it was that it, I think in a lot of ways, a lot of times in fiction, we kind of let a character being like old and sympathetic kind of, yada yada the mistakes they made and i like that maya doesn't like forgive her automatically for abandoning her because obviously i understand it's complicated that her daughter died etc but i think that in a lot of ways she she knows that her you know letting you know not being there for her as she grew up pop probably did in some way lead to some of the trouble she had and that if i'm maya it is. It would be a little bit too neat for her to forgive her just because she said she's sorry. Because it's like, you know, I I can. I guess what I'm trying to say is like I can imagine from being eight, if she was eight years old and because like my grandma hated my dad, my grandma decided to not be in my life anymore. That would be something that would be really hard for me to forgive, and I wouldn't be able to forgive just because she said your dad was a bad guy, you know. And so like I like that she made her case, Maya made her case, and they I think come to some greater understanding. But it isn't like uh, and now the arc of their relationship is over and everything's okay. And so, like that, I liked that a lot because I was really afraid it was that Maya was going to be like, "I guess you were right." So it's like, no, that just because she's a sweet old lady, and you know, had her reasons, but like, you know, it was a shitty thing to do. Um, I thought that was really nice and um, was morally gray in a way that you usually don't see in things like this. Yes, yes. And uh, how about you, Kevin? What are some moments, uh, some things that stood out to you, whether it's the last couple or just overall in the series? Yeah. Um... I mean, two of the fighting scenes were just cool. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the the big scene where she first comes in. And more so than just the fighting, what I really loved is the, the the sound of everything. The way they use sound in the whole show was really cool. I even There's even a guy, I uh, a friend of mine, he even he didn't like the show, but he was like, the sound was awesome, you know? Like, he, he liked <laughs> whether it was the soundtrack or the way they used sound when it came to her. Like, And, and it's funny because you see on the captions, and I didn't notice, but I had the captions on, and you see on that part where she snaps the neck, it's like two heartbeats beating and you can hear it kind of. And then it's like, Oh, one's only one now or something. She cracks the neck. And then mm. the scene in the roller skating rink that uses the music. Um, and she just like throws the music on super loud. It just, it's like the equivalent of daredevil when he shuts the lights off, you know, it's like the same thing, but like she's using, Hey, I'm going to make it a little bit level. So you can't hear me coming and doing these things. And I love a good needle drop, play a music fight scene. I'm like a sucker for those, like all the time. Kevin, <laughs> you're speaking my language. Yes. Yeah. Every, the amount of times that I'll come in and be like, oh, like, uh, Jake, what's your review of Eternals? I mean, the fact they started off with Taunt by Pink Floyd was great. You know, <laughs> just like. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love those. Like, like I, I, 
and I started realizing that recently. I was like, man, why do I watch Baby Driver so much? And like they, the whole movie is like a big needle drop. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they just play so many songs. Um, but and, and one particular thing I really liked, and I guess it's a theme throughout the episode, and you guys mentioned it too, was also more so her environment, like the family and the people that are around. What was so cool about the characters, and I think, you know, a lot of people enjoyed them, but there's such a uniqueness of, of those characters to a lot of us and the way they joke around and the way they say certain things that we're like, that's really funny. Cause like that uncle always uh, will always talk like that or that person will talk like that. Or people have that grandma that like, Oh, we don't know what's wrong, but we're going to go take you to her because she's the one that can fix you up or do whatever. Or uh, there was something about the characters they had. I mean, like biscuits was great. It was good to have someone like him contrast with Maya. You know, he's over here just selling his PlayStation for a hundred dollars, which, you know, I don't know if it fixes a truck, (laughs) you know, but like he's trying to do that. And, and a lot of times, I don't, I don't even love goofy characters all the time, but I was like, man, this dude's funny. And for a lot of us, there's even one of the big uh, Native movies that came out a long time ago. It's called Smoke Signals. And Smoke Signals is about these two bro- or two cousins that go on this journey, da 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 But they have a flashback, and a little kid's playing one of the two characters. And that little boy that everyone knows, that's him in the movie. So for a lot of people, we were like, oh, we know this dude. Like, you know, we ah, followed him, seen he, him. He played a He's young like, Adam Beach, apparently. Oh, yeah, so cool. yeah. And and so th- there's a lot of uh, things like that that you see. Um, like I said, if people have seen Reservation Dogs or other shows, yeah. a lot of these actors were like, oh, we've been seeing him in movies. Oh, he was in Prey. Oh, they might have been in Killers of Fire Moon. Oh, they might have been in uh, this and that. We're like, yeah, these are the... These are some of the big ones for us, you know, and they might have just had a small role even. Um, or there was a guy named uh, Dallas Goldsooth. He's a, a comedian. He's the one. Have you all seen Reservation Dogs? Um, I have not. I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't oh, okay. seen it. Well, absolutely. Y'all should watch it. I even oh, put out a, a summary of all the things that said it was like the number one show of the last, you know, whatever. It's amazing. It's awesome. But like, oh, I know it's critically acclaimed. I've been yeah. hearing a lot of good things about yeah. it. And yeah, and it's what's sure. great about it. It's not like critically acclaimed. Like oh, it's real bougie and whatever. No, it's just funny. No, you're right, right, right. Really right. good, and then randomly will make you cry. Like a good comedy can just throw you in there out of nowhere. But yeah, so I loved the the kind of humor they would use and the family. Like you said, I almost wanted to kind of like just sit with. Make it even smaller, not even street level. This is like not street level. This is like, you know, country, small town level. Like I just want to sit with their family and hang out and have a whole episode where they're mm-hmm. just doing that or uh, just hanging out, saying jokes, things like that. And so, yeah, those are a couple yeah. of things that I really enjoyed from the show. Scully and Chula. Those scenes, I all enjoyed all of them. Yeah, uh, they hit they hit a very uh, a very hashtag washed agenda oh, uh, no. thing for <laughs> He's right thing in my heart. It, it, it's, yeah, I am right. I know I am. Yeah, Scully is real washed. Oh my gosh! Like just the just the way his overtures towards her, trying to get her back in his good graces. I just I, lo- I love stuff like that. It was just it was so it was just so charming. It was just yeah. very charming stuff between them. Um, I just like really. It's like you 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 love to see like stuff like that, and you know the actors got good chemistry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The, the, that little interplay, those little moments, those little looks, especially like yeah. when um when 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 she thinks that he just goes off and then he comes back with the stuff at the mm-hmm. at the be- at the beginning of episode six. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was really cool, man. I I, I like that. Um, I want if yeah. if if they ever bring Maya yeah. back for something, I hope they bring back some of these characters. It's a big thing, especially you know you got to get Scully in there. Scully can be her man in the chair, but he's very slow with it and deliberate with his movements. 
Yes, absolutely. You, you, you're making me excited at the idea of a potential season two of this. Um, mm-hmm. This, I think, you know, not just them. I'm, I'm more of a biscuits guy than most people are. I like biscuits. He's just a goofy character. It's just, it's, it's nice to have a, 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 a goofy family member that's just kind of there to help. Good, uh, comic foil. Um, I would have liked to get more Bonnie uh, in this. I thought that yeah. I thought it would have been. It, it, I think that's kind of like the one thing where it's just like, damn, we really wish there was more um, of the interplay between her and mine because I thought that the the scenes of when they were kids really kind of told told mm-hmm. and sold the story of how close that they that they are and were, yeah. and um, it feels like they focused on that much less um, as adults here in the in the present day. But I would have liked to see more of that. Um, yeah, like I said, the Fisk stuff is really good overall. And, you know, as far as, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this because somebody mentioned it. So for, for a show that had a very mature rating, there was, it's not as violent as, um, it's not as violent as, no. as they were, they were making it out to be. Yeah, no, I think I, it, I, I think, think it, so. it is a mature, it needs the mature rating for some of the stuff yeah. just because TV has a, a lower bar. Like TVMA, I believe is a lower bar than R is for movies. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So like I'm not surprised. I th- that's I think it was a mistake for them to lean into it though because it's not yeah, actually trailer, that visceral. The trailer made it seem like it was going to be the Punisher. Like uh, well, that's yeah, what they I they, they, they told you like. to change change your rating on Disney Plus, change it to <laughs> MA because you need to because you need to get ready for this or else you can't watch it. But uh, yeah, it was one it was one of those deals. So I mean, I didn't necessarily mind that it wasn't. Um, I think there's just a lot more. There's just a lot more stuff that uh, I felt like could have been done as far as the uh, the flashback scenes, as was alluded to earlier. I think I I wish actually they could have leaned more into that in in episodes uh episodes uh four and five. I know we saw some more, but I just like I really like that stuff. And just to kind of get an understanding of it, I thought the way that the first three episodes began really gave it a lot of uh, gave it a lot of juice, and it kind of just as we talked about earlier comes in a little more haphazardly mm-hmm. as as the as the show concludes but yeah yeah this it's like i'm very i'm in a very difficult place with this show because there's a lot of things that i liked about it i just feel like it was taken away from us at the same mm-hmm. time so that's kind of where i'm like in a in a catch-22 with this show but mm-hmm. you know what, what what are you gonna do as far as that's concerned so um are there any are there any other parts of this series kevin that that you wanted to talk about like in terms of just just overall culture i mean you talked about representation earlier and what that Mm -hmm. meant to you and and family members and things along those lines is there anything else that that stood out to you or that you wanted to mention uh in the back of your head um i I think not one necessarily particular to ours but i i did want to i think comment on one thing i've heard a little bit there's i know there's been a lot of people talking about hey it seems every time there's a non-white character they're always doing their cultural thing and and their ancestors and you know each time that whether it's black panther shang chi ms marvel mm-hmm. da, da, da. and and there's a part of me at first i was like that is true why did it? and sometimes it seems like man some of these shows maybe they're trying to do so much it's hard to like put in there and one person they even gave their critique, but they were like, which we understand. They're like, hey, we might never have a show like this again. But mm-hmm. but I do think it's important that, like, there that can be a critique. And not every show has to be that. But I think it's also important that, like, it shows, like, 
maybe a contrast to a healthy culture kind of takes into account everything that's coming from before it, you know? Like, it's like the idea when people talk about what is, like, white heritage versus someone who's Irish or someone who's, you know, um, Yugoslavian rather than just saying white. Like, white isn't, like, a thing that has ancestors unless you're talking about, like, the the South, you know, which, you know, (laughs) those aren't the... I don't want to see that hero. Although that might be a good idea for a villain. You just see him. He's empowered by his ancestors. <laughs> Jerry Jones is behind him. Just, you know, <laughs> rooting mm-hmm. him on. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I do think it's it's kind of a, a, a cool thing that these shows have had it. But that it's like, man, this might be a like to keep showing it. Because we don't say whenever we see a show like Wolverine or all these others. Oh, man, there keeps being these lone ranger heroes i'm like all the heroes keep being these lone ranger ones but we don't say there's too much of that all the time you know and i think it's important that we are able to share like hey we are rooted and connected into that now do i think everyone has to no um and that's what i think was also cool too is there's a lot in this show i was happy that there wasn't some slaughter at the powwow i was glad there wasn't some slaughter and just seeing a whole bunch of native yeah. people getting killed somewhere i was like i just don't want to see that like i said Love Killers on the Flower Moon. I don't know how many times they're going to rewatch it because it's a really hard watch, you know? Um, and, and so I really enjoyed that part of it. And I was glad that there was some elements where it was, you were also able to see people who are alive and native. Like like you said, oh, hey, we like Scully. And we like uh, Chula just there, their interactions. And we're getting to see people like that because generally people don't see us anywhere besides being you think we're over here just, you know, meditating and talking to the ancestors. And, and I thought it was funny. They even joke about that whenever he says, oh, are the ancestors talking to you again? And he's like, well, tell them to give me something good, like the Powerball, you know, numbers. <laughs> and it's like people joke like that. Like people are here. We're here and just regular citizens connected into our cultures, doing things. It's not always just tragedy or the stoic wisdom sharing guy. There's people who are like that that then tell a stupid very kitty level joke in the same sentence, you know, and, and that's part of a lot of our humor. And I thought they captured a lot of that. That's, I think that's what kind of lends to the frustration that the show I think was good and almost really, really, really good. Just based on the characters they had and some of the setups they had for everything. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah. I, I just loved again. Um, even if it's not the greatest ever, like something like a reservation dogs, Hey, we should have our, shows that are pretty good and pretty solid but aren't the best ever either you know it doesn't have to be the best ever or the worst ever hey we can have some that are you know right solid (laughs) yeah and and i think to what you were saying about you know that like white characters don't have to you know have things about their answers i really do think as someone who is like a white american mutt and that i don't really try i don't consider myself you know mostly irish and italian but not enough where like i i think that that is a thing that like i both am not confused, but interested, and it is something alien to me, the idea of being very in touch with one's past, and so I think that it is something that I like to see, and the thing I, I like, I think that both Echo and Miss Marvel do very well, and Black Panther too, it just, I think with a lot of people who grew up like me, I have a hard time imagining how someone could be, like, spiritual in that way, but also live a modern life, which is just me being, you know, myopic. But when you see it, it's like, oh no, it's easy. You can, those things that are integrated in your life, I think that is the important thing, because I think, like you said, there's too much of a temptation to write anyone who has any sort of spiritual life or any sort of like connection with their ancestors as someone who is completely away from the modern world who, you know, just prays all day. But it's like, no, there is a way that those things are melded together. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think it's, it's also just much more interesting. Like, I think that it just, you know, 
uh, the, the life of someone who is connected with their culture is more interesting than someone who isn't. I can say as someone who isn't like, I wish I had that sort of thing, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think that it's a, it's a beautiful thing when it's shown. Obviously I think you can overdo it and it, it would be nice uh, occasionally to see a character that isn't that, but it's like, I don't oh, know if you're sure. going to show about a Choctaw woman going back to her hometown, it's going to be about her connection to her family. <laughs> without, without the past, you cannot tell the present or the future. People got to remember that at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to these stories and when it comes to these people, I think our history is our history and we should look at our history. People, mm-hmm. people hate looking back because of, for, for plenty of reasons. And when you notice that, that plenty of white people who critique these things have problems with them because they don't like looking back at some of the things <laughs> that happened back then because they were responsible for the said things. So at the end of the day, when you get a Black Panther or Miss Marvel or something like like Echo, it's so important to kind of, you know, like I said, embrace, embrace the richness of these cultures, embrace these people. Like you said, Kevin, these people are like you and me, just chilling, mm-hmm. just hanging out, <laughs> making cracking jokes just like anybody else. Having bad Doesn't backs. Have to, <laughs> having bad backs, canes, all them things. Like all of those things uh come into mind and that's why and that's why these stories are told that's why you get a reservation dogs that's why mm-hmm. you get stuff like this because it's yes representation yes but also because these people have stories to tell and they're interesting and it's it, it can all be it, it can all be one thing it doesn't have to be it can all be different things it doesn't have to be just one specific thing or the other it's just that people choose to look at what they want to look at and it's not because of oh well they you know this person just they just wanna they just wanna be the what is it the woke culture or whatever that they, they want to <laughs> go along with when yeah. it comes to these types mm-hmm. of things is you know it's not really it's not it's never really about that it's mm-hmm. it's it's always the it's always the implication when it comes to these things and but, no but you see it is worth mentioning and people know this you and I are both we tested positive for the woke mind virus so take everything you said with a grain of salt <laughs> um we're, we're bond paid for by big woke um, yes. <laughs> Yes, but bought, paid for, and here to stay. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think at the yeah, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, and that's like, that's why when uh, I know Jake mentioned Blue Beetle uh, last week, that's why when you see something like that, and you see culture being represented in that type of way, you see that family and the way that they interact and everything like that, and then you see something like this. I mean, it's not it's not too much different. It's not too different. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's really kind of the point. That's what the point of of having representation in these types of mediums and why they're so important and why I'm glad, despite everything that happened with this show, this show was able to come out and uh, we were able to enjoy it. Uh, to spin this to spin this forward before we go. Kevin, do you have any grander thoughts on the MCU at large, where we stand now as kind of we're we're in a different we're in a different type of uh, feel and a different type of year for sure, because we're only getting one movie and um, a bunch of animated shows. And and I think the only other live action thing that we're getting later in the year is uh, Agatha. And that's way later in October, if I'm not mistaken. So where do you think the MCU stands in your opinion? And how are you feeling about everything now? Yeah, I I, I try to like battle against my uh, 
internal, I just want to say something different than everyone else is saying, you know, mm-hmm. oh, everyone's critiquing mm-hmm. it. Well, let me zag the other way or let me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm generally a little bit more of an optimist for some of this stuff. Because again, I'm super nerdy on comics. And there's a part of me that's like, not everything has to be, uh, you know, Winter Soldier. Not everything has to be something like that. And so there's part of me that's like, man, you know, there's some comic runs that came out that I like that were like, you know, five issues that came out and it was cool. And that's all it was. Um, but there's been some stuff that's not as great. <laughs> I see all yeah, that to say. No, there's been totally some fair. stuff that's that's been a little bit disappointing and and um a little like i think because of all the changes also people don't watch these kind of movies in a vacuum it throws a lot Mm. kind of like what jake says about when everyone knows about some of these things going on and even if you're just kind of interested in marvel like whether you're on instagram twitter whatever you're going to be hearing about all kinds of stuff so and so backed out they changed the thing on this mahershal ali hated the script so they're doing this whole thing again oh a director Mm. backed out and even if it's like what happens is you don't even realize it's going to give you a lens for whatever's going to come out. You know, it's going to kind of keep doing that. And I think it, it, it kind of gives you a feel for me. I just, it makes me feel like uneasy because I don't feel like I know where they're going with it. You know, like I don't feel like, Hey, what is the aim and of some of these things that are coming out? What's the, um, I don't want to say what's the point, but like, what's the, cause I don't care if it necessarily has to go to a Thanos event every time, but like, I think they want it to. And so like, if you're going to, then it has to be tighter. Like I shouldn't yeah. go from, I mean, there's some movies that came out that were good. Why is it going to be like 10 years between a Shang-Chi movie? You know, I love Shang-Chi. I thought it was a really good movie and Damn. we're not going to see him for a long time. Mm-hmm. In anything like not even an appearance. They were like and, what? Two years between Iron Man one and Iron Man two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, so I, 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 think I think that's where I'm at yeah. a bit with it. Well, Kevin, I think your point is very astute. Um, I wasn't on the what if pod, but one of the things that came away from it for me when I saw the Happy Hogan Avengers episode, it was just like a regular Avengers episode, Avengers show up and kind of deal with like one criminal. And I really think that they should think about not doing the whole like, let's wait 10 years for the super, super, super huge event to bring every single hero um, involved to kind of... Mm-hmm you know, to, to, to bring them back and have that big type of moment. Yo, the Avengers fought the masters of evil, like a million times and put those dudes in prison. Like <laughs> you could do, you could do a movie based off that. You could do so many different stories. Like, that's the thing. Like you could tap into so many comic book stories that are like really interesting and very, and honestly on a much smaller scale. And I think you would be able to get things over in a better way. Uh, mm-hmm. I said, I, I said this before, I feel like the street level stuff, is going to translate, I think, better as they get into the daredevil of it all and as we see what happens with the next Spider-Man film. But I tend to side with Jake when he talks about um, on previous pods as far as like the years waiting for stuff like this and to, to kind of like uh, materialize because you want to... Sh- because people aren't going to be... A- we're, we're seeing what's happening in the business of movies. It, it is changing forever like in in, in a way that i don't think anybody could have ever expected so i think the mcu in that way is in in trouble because i think even despite the the fact that they're trying to change things for the better and try and get the tv stuff right and correct that stuff you can't you can't put that uh toothpaste back in the tube once it comes out i mean i think echo is a good example of this though 
because Hawkeye came out in Christmas 2021, but they right. started developing this series in March of 2021. Like, I understand, like, TV does should not take three years to make. It just shouldn't, mm-hmm. because it, because there's just no, I mean, I'm worried about this Agatha spinoff. WandaVision premiered three years ago, and its spinoff is not going to come out. Like, that's just, that's so stupid. Like, yeah. it's just, it's bad business. People are excited about a character. You should have that character in yeah. another thing in a year. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah. I know I'm, I'm sounding like a 1930s, like, just make the picture no matter what it is. But I think that some of this shit is like, clearly, yeah. time right. is not the problem here. I actually, yeah. I think that people want to act like, time solves everything i think in hollywood it actually can be the worst thing in the world if you have a year just to stew doing nothing you make nothing but bad decisions i think they they should just be like we have a movie let's make this people like this character let's put her in something else get it done find someone who likes it and give it it just feels so backwards to like try to plan these things because like i i really think i'm really interested in seeing how the agatha series goes because people loved agatha and I'm, if this if the show does not do that well, I think that that should be a wake up call of like you can't be asking people to wait three and a half years for yeah. a character they like. And that just that's insane. Well, yeah, and a character it, that's not it's not Daredevil rolling out. No, it's Agatha. Right. Like people wouldn't have known the general people wouldn't have known that much. Even people in the comics are not like, oh, I'm just reading Agatha all the time. Like it, this moment and uh, Catherine Hahn playing her, maybe people go, oh, she's a really good character. Let's see what's going on. And it's like, no, nope, let's wait several, what is that, like a thousand days and then get you excited for it again. And you're like, oh, okay, I mean, I guess. I mean, I'll watch it and stuff, but it doesn't have the same, when it first was announced, it's like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm like, okay, yeah. cool, I'm going to watch it, you know, yeah. I'll see it. And one thing, it's not, I think people who don't know how this stuff works will be like, well, it takes time. Like, no, it actually doesn't. It actually does not take three years to make a television show, which it doesn't. Uh, you know? and, and I think, you you know, you also have to consider that, and this is another point that Jake has always made, is like, you got to make TV TV. Um, when you're making TV, like, it's movies. Like, you're destined to, you're destined to have the issues that they've had throughout this whole Disney Plus run. So... I mean, they're starting to correct it now, but even then, like you have something like Ironheart, which has already been shot, and they're just plan they they decided for whatever reason to to leave it to the side for now to to I guess either add some extra stuff or reshoots and stuff like that, which obviously reshoots are a part of the whole thing. But at the same time, this is something that was done like it's been done for a while. So for them to go back yeah. and to to make more changes and tinker and tweak and tinker and tweak. How like how much more tweaking do you want to do, and 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 it's a serious question. How much more do you yeah. actually yeah. want to do in terms of stuff like that? So yeah. it's like you could still see the you could still see the issues, even if as they're trying to correct them, they're still from a business side, which I think is it, it's a big part of this. At the end of the day, is you got you have to it, like Jake said, time like time is. It's not good. It's not good to be in the situation that they're in at this moment. So, you know, a lot of this stuff remains to be seen. And listen, this isn't this isn't even being like too negative in a way, because I think there's I think it's just the the reality of what the business is today. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they should be focused on the changing times and what and um, adjusting to that as opposed to continuing at the pace of things. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Sorry. Oh, I I was going to say is I I think. A lot of the things people talk about, because I'll talk about a lot of this stuff in context of the superhero fatigue concept, yeah. which mm-hmm. I don't think I get what you people mean by that. But I don't think we can ever say that until a good movie doesn't have people exactly. going and watching it a yeah. lot. Like yeah. the good movies have still been having. I think it's diluted. I think there's a lot yeah. that can be diluted. And especially 
oh my god, all the stuff from Sony, and then yeah. um, much most of DC, all of that do, has diluted what the idea is. And I yeah. think that there's a course correction to a degree because when the MCU rolled out, it's the first time we had we're able to visually see a realistic looking superhero. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at graphics, even just five, ten years before Iron Man, those graphics mm-hmm. would not have been the same, you know? No. And so it's right. the first times anyone's ever even be able to see those. So of course it's gonna skyrocket to a degree. And there's gonna be a natural drop to some degree for some of the ones that aren't as big. But I don't it's hard to talk about superhero fatigue until we've seen some movies that everyone thinks is awesome and that mm-hmm. no one goes and watches. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the thing I go back to always is like because you talk, uh, Kevin, you brought up earlier about how everyone reads these things. So much of it is like the constant things being bombed, things being bombs. And I know I'm a broken record about this, but like if the Marvels cost as much as the Ballad of Sonnenberg and Stakes did, no one really would care. I'd be like, uh, I guess it kind of underperformed. But like anything, I, I think that the correction they have to do, and if they don't do this, then I think the MCU is over, is like they have to be able to live with only putting $150 million into things because mm-hmm. it's just, especially with TV shows, like with the fact that Secret Invasion cost almost $300 million, no TV show will ever make back $300 million. It just, it's never going to happen. And I know that, and that's why I worry so much about these reshoots with Ironheart or whatever, because it's like, you're just upping the budget and you're upping the expectations. It has to do more and more and more and more. And like these things, I, I feel like the reason why these things were fun to start with is that, they felt like they were a little bit different, giving people different sandboxes, giving people huge budgets, but not like astronomical budgets. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it just feels like, I guess what I'm trying to think is like, if the Marvels has to cost $250 million, how much fucking money is the Kang Dynasty going to cost? Do you know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. are you going to go? It, it, it feels like it's a place of diminishing returns. And that's why you look at things that are successes. And the people on Twitter who are like, how does the Marvel's a failure when, you know, X movie made less money than it's because it costs so much fucking money. That's why it's it's (laughs) subtraction. Um, And so, like, I feel like Echo, I'm guessing the production was cheaper than usual, although probably was too expensive for what it was. I don't really know exactly how much it cost. Um, I don't know if that's been publicly reported. Not to my knowledge. But, like, I hope that they take lessons from the things that are working and, you know, give the people what they want. It really feels so much like it it, it 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 feels like they're psyching themselves out of like oh my god people really love shang chi like one thing we're not gonna see shang chi for like seven years after the movie comes out and <laughs> why simu lu is in the biggest insane. movie of the year he's hotter than ever and they're not what why Doesn't is shang chi 2 not coming out next year we're not gonna get another spider-man until 2026 like what like that's insane like spider-man the- no way home was the biggest movie and one of the, one of the biggest what? movies ever. Spider-Man like, yeah. 1 came out in 2002. Spider-Man 3 came out in 2007. What are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we it doesn't doing? Make, it, it honestly, it does, it does not and make the, sense. And the reason I feel like what it... Uh, the reason I imagine is because when they're making the Spider-Man movies, it was just Sony, the people that, that was what they were focused on. The problem is, if Kevin Feige needs to be involved in everything, he doesn't have the time to... But like, so just like, why don't you just give a guy... Say, hey, you're gonna make Spider-Man movies. Hey, you're gonna make Shang Chi movies. I, I know I'm a broken record, but it really just like looking at this and seeing no, it the horizon. It does. Seeing yeah. seeing the fact that really only two live action things come out this year, it's like this isn't working. It it, it just yeah. it's not. If if you yeah, every year it's should fun. have at least one mega. Oh, at least a Captain America. At least a Spider Man. Yeah. At least yeah. one of the X Men. At least one of the one of those start rolling out. At least mm-hmm. one Fantastic Four. At least yeah. every year should have one or two of that. Like it should just. And I know it's easy. Hey, just put out a great movie. But I just mean like there's so many. There should at least be the ones that get people who are just kind of interested. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we love these. 
And then you kind of put in some of the others that you have that flexibility with and that you're like, right. hey, so that, you know, the whole year isn't riding on just Agatha, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we will, we will find out uh, Deadpool three, what that's going to be, how that's going to translate, what they're trying to do. It should be interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a interesting conversation to dive back mm-hmm. in, like really into what the MCU has been mm-hmm. and to take a different look at a different type of show in echo um, this has been in, in covering the series, you know, even as I, you know, express my frustration to it, I, I, I can't say enough. Like, again, like the representation, I think, is very important. And also at the same time, I think uh, Alakwa Cox is amazing as Maya yeah. Lopez. So I would love to see more of her, uh, it, more of her in the MCU as we keep. Going. Did I say it last week that we need to get her into the celebrity all-star game? That's my new take. She's like six one in play oh, high school no, basketball. I didn't hear... Oh, that's right. That's I mean, my, my take of the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, um, Kevin, I don't know if you've seen, I don't know how familiar you are with the films of Yorgos Lanthimos, but I learned that he played semi-pro basketball in Greece in the 90s. And so my goal is to get him in the Celebrity All-Star Game. Because <laughs> I think it would be funny to have like a fat 50 Greek, fifty year old Greek director in the All-Star Game. So Lacko Cox has got to get in there. And also oh. what my biggest gripe, my biggest gripe with Echo. This just pissed me off so much, and I'm playing this out because it's a joke. But it pissed me off so much. They had the scene in the beginning of episode four where it's uh, um it's Maya and Fisk in 2008, okay, and on the streets of New York. And you know what I see in the back of a car? I see a bright yellow and blue license plate, which anyone in New York knows was not adopted until 2010. <laughs> Get your shit together, Marvel. That's where it all started. <laughs> and also this, that's not the first time I've noticed something like that. I, you can ask Michael Spring that when I texted him after seeing past lives, I'm like, this scene took place in 2013 and they have the white Excelsior ones. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> well, hey, like I told you, there was the actress I knew who's mm-hmm. one of the actresses when yeah. they're playing that stickball game from yeah. a long time ago. And then mm-hmm. she was in the powwow scene too. And I was What's like, her name? Shout her out. Let's shout her out. Her name is Becca. Becca Boyd. <laughs> she does some hell modeling, yeah. does some acting. Salute. She does really hell cool. Yeah. And stickball. Oh, I think because I think you were uh, talking about the game too. That's called stickball. Just right. for the tribes that do it, it's called stickball. People play it still all the time currently. Um, oh, yeah, I'm looking at photos of it right it. now. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, she as plays hell. it too. Yeah. They, oh hell they, yeah. Uh, Choctaws kind of are pretty big in that. Like they like to talk trash a little bit to other tribes because they usually win a lot. But yeah, um, other ones are pretty good. <laughs> I haven't played it. Some of them, they get pretty rough sometimes. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, yeah. The the world championship is apparently at the Choctaw Fair. So yeah. <laughs> they have home t- home field advantage. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, salute to her. Uh, salute yeah. to Echo. A uh, wonderful time talking talking about this show. And Kevin, a wonderful time talking with you, sir. Uh, where can guys. we follow you? Where can we find your work, my friend? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Those are the two main ones I'm at. Just my name. Uh, Kevin Chukulate. Um mm-hmm. like I said, chocolate, but with U's. So C H U C U L A T E. I'm there mostly. Uh, I think I I was on Blue Sky for like a week. I was on yeah. Threads for like two weeks, maybe, but yeah. mostly Twitter and uh, there. Um, I've started write have a couple of comics. One comic out, one kind of short, kind of fan fictiony type one over with uh, Danny Moonstar going against uh, Freddy Krueger. Uh, I just thought it was just oh, be a cool, yeah. fun matchup. Nice. Yeah, so. If y'all want to check that, um, yeah, follow me there. Awesome stuff, man. Appreciate you for joining us and giving us your perspective. Jake Christie, where can we find you, sir? You can find me at the Jake Christie on Twitter. Uh, please listen to my other podcast, Love at First Psych, where me and Andre Barrera are talking about the USA Network original series Psych, starting season five tomorrow. So looking forward to that. 
Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod on all platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, MC University Podcast. Check us out there. Keep getting those subscribers up. Appreciate everybody for joining and listening. And of course, the Patreon, as always, as we will be doing those bonus episodes very soon. So get in, enjoy, get in the Discord, have a lot of fun conversations, and appreciate everybody for supporting and listening. For Kevin and Jake, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.